what a week it's been. So much to talk about and so many things we can't talk about. Me and my friend Mark, we're going to stop watching. <laughs> oh. I'm Mark. And I'm Harris. And we'd like to welcome you to Behind the Gorilla, a podcast where we delve into the wild, wacky, and crazy side of professional wrestling. All right. How's it going, everyone? Welcome to Behind the Gorilla, a podcast about the crazy side of wrestling when sometimes we don't even talk about wrestling. Yay. You can tell somebody's already annoyed that we're doing a movie two weeks in a row. Well, see, this is the thing. I Harris, a few days ago, texted me and was like, CM Punk's movie comes out this weekend. Let's Why don't we watch that and do a review on that? And I was like, sure, that sounds fine. That makes sense. I didn't realize he was doing that in an attempt to avoid getting a topic ready. He mm-hmm. failed to mention that part. So we Which don't is- have a wrestling topic. We have another horror movie topic for the second week in a row. And... You know, that's that's it is what it is. That's fine. We'll make it work. It's the exact same thing that we did last week. Yes, it is. I didn't realize this was such a violation of protocol to say, hey, there's a wrestler we like. He starred in a horror movie. It's Halloween. Right. Let's watch it and then review that for the podcast. And we did that once and it was fine. So I said, oh, how about we do that again with one of our favorite wrestlers who just did a movie, his first movie. I think that'll. I just figured that would be enough. I don't know, so I didn't. I didn't look into anything else. I didn't it's watch fine. anything else. It's, it's fine. fine. We we have other stuff to talk about too. We have some other news stuff, so it you know we'll make it work. That's one thing we found out recently when we've massively slacked off with the show over the past two months. We we can fill an episode with just a bunch of crap. Like we we are more than capable of it. It's amazing what you can do when there's. No sponsors and nobody listening. You know, you can kind of do whatever you want. <laughs> that is that is very true. Um, well, but it's so, not so, the least some of you. Some of you guys good. are listening. We have a handful, but yeah, not 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 a ton, but but a few, a few. And we appreciate all of you, <laughs> all all twelve to twenty five of you. Woo, woo. Um, okay, so that's that's what we're gonna mostly talk about. But there's some other few things to talk about. Also. We have a uh, significant chunk of uh, David Arquette news also. So, there, you know, there's there's some stuff to talk about. Um, starting with wrestling, Harris, what's going on? Well, it's certainly still going. <laughs> <laughs> is there something – I uh, Crown Jewels this week, we're not going to watch it that. Is? So oh, I, see, I, I forgot. Yeah. Uh, see, AEW happened again. They crushed NXT again. It was awesome again. SmackDown Although, happened again. That, well, I heard most it people fine. don't. Most people don't think that because of the Finn Balor heel turn. That was awesome. Yeah, I didn't that watch it. I just watched incredible. the clip afterwards, and it was pretty cool. Blew my mind. I like. Here's the thing. Honestly, I this this might be kind of a medium take here. I, I think NXT is still the better product. Like if you asked me what is the best wrestling show on the planet, I would still say NXT. I feel like everyone is gravitating towards AEW, not because they like it a lot more than NXT, but because they like it way better than Raw or SmackDown. And right. since we don't have that choice, like on general principle, if you're kind, if you kind of have to watch AEW, 
or I'm sorry, if you have to watch WWE two days a week, you're, you're not going to watch WWE a third night <laughs> just out of spite. Like, you're just not going to do it. You know what I mean? Like, they kind of set themselves up to fail in that regard, but I'm not yeah. sure what can be done about that. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not sure. Um, it's a weird situation we're in. I've not paid attention to anything WWE now in quite a while, except mm-hmm. just the handful of things that I see on Twitter. I did watch, <laughs> like, a couple of seconds of Raw, and I just happened to turn it on. Right when it was uh, a re- the restaurant scene with Lana and and um, Bobby Lashley, so I immediately turned it off. So I don't know what happened. Um, uh, yeah, I, so I I got nothing as far as WWE goes. I don't know. I don't I don't really care. Um, um oh, I'll give you the one the the one great thing that that Brock Brock Lesnar beat the crap out of Rey Mysterio. I saw the clip of that. That looked cool. Yeah, great. Haven't seen that before. It's really. <laughs> that's original i don't know the f5 into the locker looked cool so i'll give him that yeah no that's true okay i'll just i'll tell you this then because i didn't follow it super closely either the best thing that happened on wwe television all week was uh they opened raw with the jerry the king lawler interviewing rusev about the whole bobby lashley lana thing and Mm -hmm. it was terrible and dumb because that's what that storyline is but rusev's great because he's a likable like charismatic guy and everyone's kind of wanted to root for him for a while so it's just fun to see that. But Jerry was trying to, you know, spit some question out about how, well, you know, we've heard Lana and Bobby Lashley tell their side of the story. And we just want to know what's your side of the story. He couldn't get that out because the crowd kept wetting him every time. You know how it goes. Like every time he would try to take a breath and like he's professional enough that he kept going. Right. But it threw him off his rhythm for half a second. And Rusev just grabbed the mic and goes, guys, he's a Hall of Famer. Come on. And everybody went, oh, okay, that's fair. (laughs) Which is like what you have to do whenever the crowd does that. It's just nice to see somebody deviate from the script for half a second. Even if it's to be like, please, I hate this as much as you do. Stop actively heckling me. Yeah. No, that's that's fair. It was very, you know, good for Rusev. It was good. Can't think of anything else good or that important that happened this week off the top um, of my head. Let me see. So, oh crap! I just I lost it. I, I had. They brought I back it. the Firefly Funhouse, which is oh, good. Okay, that well, they should never have gotten rid of it. It's so stupid. It's so much better that thing being like a mystery, not real place thing. That's they totally ruined it. But it's still kind of well. No, it kind of works that way. I heard somebody explain it by saying, "Well, like, okay, in." kayfabe i guess it's all in bray wyatt's head but also even if it is a real physical place it's just like a room full of cardboard and it would be very easy for him to recreate that and then all of the other stuff coming from it is like his you know no supernatural powers mind games whatever it defeats the purpose it defeats the whole purpose let me get this out first i don't know if they're going to commit to it but they actually let seth rollins like lean into the unlikable part of his character this week and that was really good. Like, he got it. Oh, who's the new guy? Some cruiserweight they drafted to Raw. He's supposed to be really good. He is a good wrestler. He dresses like a Power Ranger. I don't remember his name. Uh, um, Ali? No, Ricochet? I know Ali. I don't know. Ricochet no, and Ali. Similar, versus, similar, oh, that other know. guy? The, the guy yeah. who made his debut on Raw that I have no idea who it is? Humberto, yeah, maybe? I don't know. It sounds like I'm just making someone up. I, I don't swear know. I'm I, not. I know who you're talking about. I don't know anything about him. But I know, I know, I know what you're talking about. But he kind of – he took a shot at Seth in one of his interviews, and he's like, yeah, no, I want to be the kind of champion that builds people up, doesn't burn things down. 
<laughs> and Seth took him aside, and it was like it was like watching a bully, like in high school. Like he took him aside and was like, "Hey, listen, man, I know you're new here, but I'm the champ, and sometimes when you're the champ, you have to do stuff that people don't like because it's the right thing to do." even if these people don't understand it. And I was like, Hey, look at this. Like he's teasing a heel a little bit. Yeah. Like, an I don't care what you people think of me, Seth Rollins, which ironically would make him super popular if he would just be like that, but he won't. Mm-hmm. They're not going to do anything with it, but in another world where, you know, Vince didn't write this show every week and we were interested in character driven storytelling, this would be the beginning of something really interesting. So I'm glad that they at least did that. That was a lot more interesting than just bland white meat babyface Seth Rollins, which we get every week. But yeah, yeah, we do. <laughs> um, so that's going on. Uh, Randy Orton, all elite wrestling, right? I wish. <laughs> I, I find it hilarious though, and I know he's having so much fun with this. Do you have any yeah, idea what I'm talking about? You seem confused. No, 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 no. I do. Okay. I was going to let you keep going. <laughs> Just explain the situation for people who might not follow him on Instagram. But yeah, his little subtle teases with his posts and stuff are very, very funny. And I think he's the only person in WWE doing anything like this. Basically, the only one acknowledging AEW other than to just stupidly try and bury them. Right. And I think it's very, very amusing. And I know, I bet everyone else thinks it's funny too. Well, and it's funny because it's funny just because it's funny, you know, like the stuff he's posting and teasing. It's also funny because it's very clearly Randy Orton be like, I'm Randy Orton. And what are they going to do? It's also, I don't think so. (laughs) It's also him being like, this is stupid. Yeah, it is. He's kind of just poking fun at everyone. And I think it's very funny. Yeah. Um, (laughs) I just wanted to mention that. So no, that is very, a W Anthony, Ogood or uh, a, a go, go. How do you pronounce that dude's name? I don't even know who you're talking about. <laughs> the the uh, the the boxer, the Olympian boxer that AEW just signed, and it's going to be their first developmental hmm. like project. That's what Cody. That's what Cody said. I did not know that. It's like it's Anthony, and then his name is O G O G O, a go go. Oh, go go. Yeah, no, let's go with that. But he's like a Olympic boxer, and so. So they're bringing in someone from legitimate fighting right. to be a wrestler. That's, that's right. super exciting. But see, the it's difference is, it's not just Tyson Fury who's like, or can't, or, you know, who or Tyson Fury's like, oh, you can go in here, do this one thing, and it'll, you know, you'll make a lot of money. This <laughs> isn't like they're they're starting like he's they're they signed him to start training instead of just like as a, I guess spectacle type thing. So who knows? Who I don't really knows? care. I didn't know about him beforehand. Maybe it'll work. Uh, Maybe it won't. Who knows? Speaking of uh, experimental, you know, MMA crossover projects, Jake Hager had his uh, his yep that was next. Bellator fight this weekend. Okay, was that next? Yep, that was next. <laughs> See, okay, I was very confused because I did not know he had a fight, and then I saw all this stuff about him fighting, and I was like, wait, no. But AEW, I was so confused. I didn't realize he was still fighting. I found out that he had a fight. When I read that Chris Jericho and the other members of the inner circle were accompanying him to the <laughs> octagon, I saw. Which yeah, is I saw all that after. I saw all this after the fact, and I just thought, you know, that's all well and good. Like if he wins or does well, it's super embarrassing if he just gets lit up, which I know is not likely, right? Because I feel like Bellator is really kind of padding his record. They're kind of putting him up against people who 
he right. should be able to beat pretty easily. Which, that's but that's the way. That's kind of. I mean, that's the way they've. You all MMA is turning. It's becoming professional wrestling. I mean that. I mean it. You know, that's what I it's. Think it's turning kind of into. always been professional wrestling, it, but it that's has not... in a way, but. <laughs> But it it was you know it was less blatant I guess they have a lot more in common than like hardcore fans of either one are willing to admit. Yes, they. In do. my opinion, yes. But they that's do. a whole another. We could do a whole episode on that. Maybe we will one day when I don't want to do research. But Maybe. I just um, thought you know you're running a huge risk there, and then of course <laughs> the fight ends with Jake Hager pinning the guy against the cage and just kicking him right in the beanbag. Yeah. Just. A real, real nutcracker of a kick, and yep. that's incredible. the The thing is, it happened twice. <laughs> Wait, really? Yeah. I didn't watch it. Like there was two low blows, and um, which I guess is why they stopped it, because usually they like just kind of give you a warning. Right. Well, it was at the same time, <laughs> like, but he did it like like twice, and like it was clearly not intentional. He was trying to knee it, and he kneed him, right. but. You can't do that. And the funniest thing is, like, them all trying to now defend it on Twitter. He's been saying, oh, it wasn't even that bad. The guy just didn't want to fight and stuff like that. And it's like, that stuff always confuses me because I, I never understand. You, I don't know. I ne- you never know that type of stuff with fighting. It, stuff like that gets very confusing when it comes to MMA fighting is any sort of disqualification or fight stoppages because most of the time it's not that big of a deal the things that are technically like illegal or whatever so it always just feels weird to end the fight with that but it's like I mean, but you can't do it so it's this weird it's always weird to me with no with i get i mean disqualifications I, I know what you mean i mean i think it's just one of those things where it's like even the smallest thing could be what you know kind of cracks a window open for right, you to which, yeah, that's knock true. it down and win the fight like that makes sense like sure. they dq'd greg hardy who i'm i'm very much enjoying his mma career because it's just <laughs> like watching a man fall down a flight of stairs over and over and over again because every fight something new and stupid happens and yeah, he keeps yeah. failing his way up cards because he's like a monstrous fighter but also kind of dumb and surrounds himself by dumb sloppy people so he got, you know, he got DQ'd or his fight got turned into a no contest because in the final round of a fight that he was winning handily, he used an inhaler between rounds, which is super <laughs> illegal. <laughs> like, it, but it's not even a hard thing to avoid doing. Right. And Dana White was literally baffled when they asked him about it. He's like, I don't know what anyone in that situation was thinking at all. <laughs> but the thinking is you know okay well it's only oxygen but like that's extra oxygen to his bloodstream that his opponent didn't get so even though he was clearly manhandling this poor guy we have to throw the fight out just in case like it would have made a difference in the third round right you know what i mean like i i get it even if it is kind of annoying personally i think it's pretty funny so I'm, i'm kind of all for it i feel bad for this poor guy that jake hager I guess, he probably I don't know was he winning the fight like I said I didn't watch it but um I I didn't watch the fight I could I just feel it. like you're some anonymous guy you're trying to make it big this is like the biggest fight of your life against a huge name and he just immediately kicks the crap out of you kicks you right in the beanbag and instantly turns you into a prop for his pro wrestling storyline that's got to be annoying when you <laughs> like he is your entire you, you're giving him 110% all of your best shot and this guy's just 
play in make believe like the second before he gets into the ring and the second after that's kind of rough oh i'm yeah i'm sure i'm sure that's annoying um or bellator is a work one of the two you uh, never that's know. that's possible as well who knows um okay uh smackdown didn't watch don't know don't care um all right mm. so now that we got that out of the way yeah <laughs> uh did you see the thing where apparently like smackdown's episodes are costing like four million dollars per week how and i i don't know if this is true I, it's literally just a tweet so this take this for take this with uh, the, all the salt um okay but uh, i just saw a thing that said smackdown's episodes are costing like around four million dollars per episode and AEW's are like five hundred thousand dollars per episode and AEW's like only a little bit below like Dynamite's only a little below SmackDown in the ratings mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and how ridiculous that is. And it just goes to show how much better AEW's doing comparatively. That's interesting. Also, SmackDown's on freaking Fox now. Right. Compared to cable. So it's just... I wonder... It's not going what- right. I wonder what that is, though. Like, what can possibly – what costs $4 million? I, I have no idea. To like, Raw. to me, that seemed ridiculously high. So I, yeah. I, I, I feel like that, there's no way that's right. But <laughs> I, don't, I, don't know what, I don't know what it is, but I'm sure it's a lot. So, I don't Interesting. Know. Well, I you know, know we'll uh, – maybe they'll just start shooting smaller arenas. That's definitely maybe. part of it because they are in bigger stadiums still for SmackDown. I don't know if they'll keep that up. But have you noticed that like all of AEW shows are produced in like, this will not make any sense if you're listening to this and you're not from Georgia, but they're in like Gwinnett arena sized. Well, arenas, yeah, I mean, not, they're like 10,000 seat arenas and not the 18,000. Yeah. 15 yeah, or exactly. 18,000. Exactly. Arenas. That is a good point. Yeah. I'm, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm sure that has something to do with, I'm, I know that has something to do with the costs. So, We'll see. Uh, did you watch NWA Power this week? No, I didn't. You're gonna have to catch me up. Okay, you're gonna. Well, you, you need to watch. To catch me up. You need we to are watch. going to see it. I bought the tickets, so that we was did. my NWA contribution. We're for the going week. to. Uh, we're going to the pay per view. First pay per view into the fire, named after the Dawkins song. That is the the theme song, which is freaking incredible. Um, and also we're going to the first of the tapings the next day. So we're we're gonna. Get our full share of NWA wrestling, and I cannot wait for that to uh, that to come around. Um, no, it's another great show. They're all they've all been so great. Like, like it's just it's so that you know each one's like fifty minutes long, and you get to see a handful of good matches. The setting just is so much fun to watch. It was another it was another enjoyable show. Um, the uh. Did I watch this whole show? Now I'm looking at it and I'm like, geez, I, I could have sworn I watched the whole show. Maybe I didn't. Anyway, the best part of the show was, uh, oh, what is his name now? What? I, I totally blanked on his name. Aaron. Aaron Stevens? Stevens. Is that his name? Yeah, I think that's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Sandow. Yeah. He is amazing. We already know that, but he's awesome. He came out. You get this, Harris. Okay, he came out in, like, a pirate costume to do his promo. And he said he was in there not... And someone someone yelled out, you looked like Captain Morgan. And (laughs) 
He said, no, this is not for that. Apparently, he's in a new movie. Right. Called Tropical Pirates. Mm-hmm. And they showed a movie trailer for it. And it was wonderful. They clearly shot this behind the screen in like a day. And it is in- great. Incredible. So we've just gone full uh, Southpaw Regional Wrestling it, at this it, point. Pretty much, man. It was awesome. The whole, I mean, the whole crowd, just the loudest chant was Captain Morgan of the whole show. And it was, it was wonderful. And I love it. And I hope we get more of that. Um, that was great. That is great. And then I don't remember all the people. Cause again, most of these people are new to me other than the older guys that are there. Right. So I don't remember the names of all the guys, but great. Re- they were all good wrestling matches. Tim mm-hmm. storm is awesome. He's so good. He is so his promos are just great. Like every time he speaks, you believe him. And I enjoy watching him a lot. Nick Aldis is great every time he speaks. He's the perfect NWA suit-wearing, belt-carrying champion. Yeah. He's perfect for that. And I hope he holds the title for like five years. I, I mean, he has great. held it for about five years. He's held it for Feels like. like two years, but with with like a couple months in between when Cody had it. Right. But like there wasn't a show then, so it was a really right. weird title to have. Yeah, it was a little weird. Um <laughs> Yeah, Eli Drake and and uh, Tim Storm had a uh, they were a tag team versus who were they? Who did they tag team against? The Daw- Oh yeah, it was against the Dawsons, and I like them. They're a good heel tag team. They're fun. So that yeah, that was fun. Um, there's a title match, a tag team title match, I think, coming up on the next next week's episode. Okay. I don't know, but it's just it's just a lot of fun to watch the setting, the atmosphere. I enjoy it a lot, and I can't wait to be in it. I, I need to give it some more time. I haven't been able. I wanted to catch up on NXT this week, and I didn't even have time to do that. So mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe well, these are just so easy because each episode's like forty, you know, like fifty minutes to an hour long. Right, right. And I enjoyed a lot. Um, I enjoyed. I enjoyed Jim Cornette on commentary as well. As much as I can't stand a lot of Jim Cornette, there's a half of Jim Cornette I do really like, and his commentary half. I do and really enjoy. I think Jim Cornette in a wrestling universe where he's not allowed to swear, like there's a cap on how big of an a-hole he can be, <laughs> right. is a very useful Jim Cornette. Jim Cornette in real life, yeah, yeah your results may vary. Yeah, yeah, not, not, not the best. But uh, that was fun. But yeah, AEW, the show was great again. Amazing segment with the whole uh, inner circle coming out during Cody's or coming out, they came out during one of the matches, and I don't even remember what match it was. I'm sorry. But it's, it's a lot of wrestling, dude. They came out during one of the matches, and then just it just kept interrupting Cody as he tried to speak, and that was hilarious, and it was awesome. And then it led to just an NWO-style brawl just throughout the whole arena, and I loved every freaking second of it. And I've loved just about every second of AEW TV that we've had so far. And now, I hope it continues. As you're doing this recap, I'm seeing a preview for the next episode of Dynamite on TNT. It's going to be the tag team. Uh, the tag team uh, titles are going to be awarded. Lucha, okay. Brother, uh, Lucha Bros and SCU. And it's going to be amazing. And the Rock okay. and Roll Express is presenting the title belts. Wow. That's oh, awesome. Uh, do you remember what else is happening on this week's episode? Um... 
I, I, I don't. Rick I don't and Morty are going to be there, Mark. Wubba lubba dub dub. I don't care. Celebrity crossover. I'm just curious to see how that's going to work. Because yeah. I love that show. I mean, it worked with the Muppets. The WWE did it with the Muppets. That's true. So but we're those just are physical, down. Those are physical things, though. So it's a little different. Right. So I have questions. It's just going to hey, be look, on the screen. Look, if this show features, like, Cody Rhodes backstage talking to an animated into the frame Rick Sanchez, <laughs> this is going to be the greatest wrestling show of all time. That and is we're doing a an lie. episode about it next week. That is week. a lie, but it would be fine. But I don't care about Rick and Morty, so I'm not nearly mm-hmm. as excited as other people are. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I mean, I love the show. I'm more curious than I am excited. I just want to know how a show that is trying to promote itself as this serious alternative to sports entertainment is going to integrate the Rick and Morty guest appearance, but yeah, it'll it'll be it'll be interesting. Um, but I don't really care. Like, oh yeah, that's another thing I want to talk about. AEW. I loved the pacing of this show. There was no segments. It was just matches, like just one after another. It just started with uh, Private Party and Lucha Brothers, and they just tore the house down, and then it just went right into Dark Order and SCU. And they and they put on a good match. Then right into Kenny Omega and Joey Janela, and we didn't have anything in between any of these three matches. It was just matches. It was great, and I yeah, I really loved cool. it. And they were all good. Yeah, the Janela um, Omega match was another great one from them too. Those guys just put on clinics every time they're they're in the ring. Um, like the only segment I... of the whole show was that when Cody was trying to make an announcement and and. Uh, Inner Circle just kept interrupting him with the air horns, which was very funny. Mm-hmm. You got to be careful not to be too cool as a heel. Yeah, faction. yeah, that's the thing with I NWA uh, or uh, NWO, but it worked with them for uh, like two years. So, yeah, I mean, that's the thing. they're not there yet. You just got to keep an eye on it. That's all. I, I'm I agree. No, I agree. But I, they're leaning into the annoying part more so than NWO mm-hmm. was. NWO fully went cool like they they right. didn't even try and really be heels half the time i mean the, the only heelish thing was in beating up the baby faces nothing else they did was very heelish because right. they were too cool and they were trying to be cool inner circle mm. seems a little different especially with jericho because i don't think jericho can be cool like that's not it and i mean i think he's cool but it's his characters have never been i'm cool ever They've either been I'm bad or I'm a dweeb or I'm annoying or I'm just kind of likable. Like, he's never been, like, the quote-unquote cool character, if that makes sense. Right. No, when he, like, he might think he's cool, but that's because he's being, like, a weird rock star dad. Like, Jericho can't help but be over the top with whatever he does which is yeah, awesome absolutely and it works great but it's different like he's like kevin nash is just cool like you just look at this guy and you're just like this guy's literally just chill and he's he's just cool like you know that's not jericho and so i don't and that's not anyone else in this group i don't think so i think i think they'll be able to get away with it but you're definitely right and we'll see how far they go with that um then then Moxley versus uh, Pack. I think it is Pack officially. I've heard Pack now more than anything else this week, so I'm saying Pack from now on. Uh, that was fun too. That was another good match, and I love the time limit draw. Absolutely loved it. I thought that was the greatest way to end the show, especially with these two guys, all these idiotic fans who don't know anything about wrestling, 
complaining about a time limit draw made me so angry. Because it's just like, you guys are such idiots and have no idea how wrestling storytelling works. And I thought it was perfect. It was a perfect ending for both these guys. Gets them both over. And it, 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 uh... I, I blanked on what word I was looking for. But it, it makes the sport aspect seem more, um, you know, emphasized. Yes, and, and it and legitimizes the whole that, thing. Yeah, that's the word I was like. Yeah, okay, it, it legitimizes the, the sporting aspect and the time limit aspect of like, no, this, this actually means something. And right, I love and it. like, I, sorry, I pointed this out last week when we were talking about this, but like, the fact that they make sure to start the main event about 20 minutes before the right. end of the show every time – that's what would happen if this was a real sporting event. Like, it's yep. perfect. It makes so much sense. You're not going to start the main event with six minutes left like you do on Raw and be like, oh, gee, yeah. I wonder how this is going to end. You know what I mean? Like, there's a lot on the table, including like, hey, they just, they, you know, it's pretty close. Guess you got to tune in next week. Like, there's nothing wrong with that. Right. I would way rather see a time limit draw. I agree with you completely than a schmoz finish and oh come back next week and we'll put these people in a tag team and see what happens (laughs) you know what i mean like it's okay to if a lot of wrestling is just teasing us from week to week and making us tune in it's all about building for the pay-per-view that's why it works sure count out should be part of that time limit draws should be part of that the more options you have the better because otherwise Mm -hmm. like i said you just get people running interference week after week after week after week and then your ratings are in the toilet and everybody hates your show. Right. <laughs> yeah, I wonder what that's like. I don't know. Um, but anyway, I loved it. I thought it was great. And I hope they continue to go in these directions because I think uh, everything they're doing so far I think is right. The only thing I don't like is they still – I mean, again, and this is on purpose. They do it on purpose. But most tag matches are just spot fests, which is yeah, – spot- I- which, I mean – even though it's not what I prefer a lot of times, it's fine because that's not every match. You know, they're not just like that all the time. And so they, they do spread things out and they have stuff. They have a bunch of different types of stuff. So that's fine. But that – and then one – another thing that does kind of bug me, for all their talk about, you know, being real and sporting – they really don't enforce rules like ever. And, and, and like, constantly, Tony Schiavone and even JR will say it throughout the broadcast. And you're just kind of like, yeah, why why are they not, like, why? Like, like what we talked about in episode, what was it, episode one, when Moxley came back and just attacked Kenny Omega in the middle of the match. And there was yeah, no DQ or anything. It was just fine. Yeah. You know, it's like, that does happen sometimes still. And that always bugs yeah. me when it happens. Because it's like, all right, you're doing all this stuff really well. And then every now and then you just kind of throw it out for a second and it just gets a little annoying. Yeah. I mean, I enjoy it because it's just kind of funny as a spiritual successor to WCW that they have a lot of the same like storytelling problems <laughs> like that. I find that very funny. It, you're right. I don't love it. I don't think it really works. And I kind of hope they don't keep doing that. Yeah. Because it kind of takes away from what we just talked about before. Like you have such a cool thing going with – the legitimate sport aspects of it yeah and the count outs and the you know time limit draws and stuff like that 
And then you just can't, you lose a little bit of that. The well, more that, interference you run where nobody notices. Well, that's the hard part too with their whole thing is trying to have everything mm-hmm. in wrestling. And it's mm-hmm. like, well, how do you in for, you know, you know, like focus on this, this sport aspect and wins and losses matter and all this stuff. And then you have Orange Cassidy beating someone up, not doing anything. You know, it's like how it's just it's this really, really difficult line and that they're trying to do everything. <coughs> and I just don't know if it's going to work. See, I think I disagree with you a little bit. I think there is something to be said for you have to have different styles of wrestling. Like you have I, to have I your serious it. main like, event I wrestlers and your comedy wrestlers. I think the difference is this is more like their presentation, like not the characters themselves, which I'm okay with being different. But when they say, no, no, we're going to book really serious, like sport, like things to happen, like a 20 minute time limit draw. And then also we're going to book really crazy things to happen. Like it's, it's the presentation of the show right? being so schizophrenic that kind of bothers me, if that makes sense. It feels yeah, – yeah, yeah. it isn't TNT or TBS or whoever doing it, but it feels like more of a top-down like network broadcast thing Man. and less like a, hey, we have a whole bunch of different styles of wrestling in our company. It's, it's variety in the roster versus not like inconsistent tone, I think, if that makes any sense, like in storytelling. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean I, I know where you're coming from. It will be interesting to see how they do that. Because at some point you can't like you can't push Orange Cassidy to the main event if right. you're trying to be like a sports show. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. So that's just, you know, because even WWE. Like, they, you know, they've always had the stupid comedy aspect of stuff, but it's it's done. Like where it still makes sense a lot. Well, not all the time, but, you know, even if you have, I guess. Well, one, well, one example, I guess Santina Morella is the most egregious example of right of something like that. But even like a character, I don't know, like Eugene or something back in the day, Oof. like when the like he still wrestled, like he was doing wrestling moves, like like it's still. So even though it's ridiculous, like it's still happening on some level. So I just I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know where it's going to what it's going to lead to. And we'll just have to see. So we'll we'll track it as we go. So, you know, that just made me wish that we could see Bray Wyatt as Bray Wyatt <laughs> wrestle some people. Not I as the see theme, that. like as Bray Wyatt. I know. I, I'm with be, you. Because it would be like a Bo Dallas reboot, honestly. Like he would be so friendly. Right. And have weird, like old school moves like he'd be good, but it would just be different. I know. I, oh, I would love it. I've been wanting that. Although what I want even more than that is just for Bo Dallas to join him. I want him to join. Right. Me. I mean, I shouldn't have said it out loud because it won't happen. I know, but, but I still want I want it to happen so do? bad, and I think it would be perfect. Bo Dallas needs to join the Firefly Funhouse as Bo leave, and it would be my favorite thing on TV. Like, immediately. It, it would make me yeah. tune in to stuff just to see that. 100% I would do that. So, well, WWE, if you want me to, if you want me mean, to watch after... again, bring in Bo Dallas. And join him yeah. with uh, Bray Wyatt. Well, after Crown Jewel, I think Bray Wyatt is safe on SmackDown and Seth Rollins is on Raw. So at least we can get some new blood in yeah. this Firefly Funhouse thing. I do Hopefully. hope so. I don't know. Okay, so right. 
I feel like we're about done with current events. I have one more thing I was going to close okay. on unless you can think of anything else. No, 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 that's good. My other current events are in a different segment. So we'll Okay, perfect. So, uh, oh, that's right. So, uh, Luchasaurus. Yes. Our, not patron saint, but one of our, you okay, know, one we, of our favorite like things we, about he, AEW. We have a growing list of saints. Yeah. We have our patron saint, obviously. Is okay, never and then change. there's other saints. Okay, but I think I think I like that's that. the way we should look at it this time. Like, we have that's other fair. saints now. Like, I need to come down. I need to make a list because I've forgotten what they are. But I know we have other saints. And Luchasaurus is right at the top of the list of those other saints now. Because he is Absolutely. just a joy. He is a joy. Well, it's funny you should say that because he saw um, on Twitter, you know, it being Halloween and people dress up in costumes, a photo of a man in one of those inflatable dinosaur costumes yep. standing in the pouring rain, looking up to the heavens, looking very sad. And while most of us would say, oh, that's quite funny because that's a dinosaur and it looks silly, Luchasaurus was not amused by this. Uh, posted a photo of himself choking out a person. <laughs> In a dinosaur costume on Instagram with the caption, my species is not your Halloween costume. So I just wanted to bring awareness to that and also point out that we should all be a little more sensitive this Halloween. And if you see someone wearing a dinosaur costume, choke them out. Kindly tell them that you don't think that's funny or choke them out <laughs> or choke them out. We do not. We do not endorse that. Legally speaking. Uh, oh, nobody's listening. <laughs> go ahead. Try Try to sue us for that. That'll get our listens up. Choke yeah, him out. Yeah, it would. Do it for Luchasaurus. Oh, man. No, everything. Oh, he, he's a must-follow on everything because he is so entertaining. I am very glad that you pointed that out because I wouldn't have seen that if you hadn't told me to follow him on Twitter. But I'm very glad that I do. No, like, because you mentioned that, that. Yeah, the picture, the first picture with the dinosaur costume in the rain, he literally just quote tweeted and just said, disgusting. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man this is yeah just go down his twitter thing or his instagram feed and they're very very entertaining so um definitely go check that out so yeah good call for sure okay all right so now we got to get to the next segment of course what's up with david arquette Now, Harris, we yeah. got a lot of stuff. We got a lot of David Arquette news this week. Well, that's good. Yeah. We need it, frankly. Yeah, we, we definitely do. So, our patron saint, David Arquette, he's up to a heck of a lot right now. On Thursday, Creep Show, the continuation of the uh, anthology movie from back in the day. The, I guess, reboot, you could say, of that classic anthology series that was originally all written by Stephen King. It has been revived by Shudder, a, a horror streaming service. And uh, David Arquette was on Thursday's episode of the show. Heck yeah. So I, I downloaded the app and signed up for the free seven-day trial so that I can watch David Arquette's time in this episode i was a little disappointed because each each episode is about is about an hour long yeah uh, like 50 minutes or something and the first i guess it's about 45 minutes and the first there's two 
like mini episodes in each episode. So it's two that stories. Yeah. And the first story was like half an hour long. And then David Arquette's story was like 15 minutes long. So I was very mm-hmm. disappointed with that, with the time ratio. I think they got that mm-hmm. vastly wrong. <laughs> and I'd like to reprimand them for that. Because we need more of David Arquette. I, they, yeah, for sure. Petition. Every creep show episode, frankly, should star David Arquette in some it capacity. 100% should. You kind of answered my question because I was going to ask, is he like – because you know, I, I assume it's sort of like a Twilight Zone situation. There's at least one yeah, yeah. person that we follow through this, like a short story. I assume it's about him, yeah? Like no, he's the, it's not. No? Okay. No, well, I was very disappointed. He's the biggest star, and so he's been marketed as this big thing, but he's not even a main mm. character. He's just one of the characters. Um, well, so this story was called Times is Tough in Musky Holler. And it's a story set in, like, post-apocalyptic, of course. And uh, it's one of those – it's a very slow burn episode. And you you really have no idea what's going on for most of it. Okay. You, you just get little okay. pieces as it goes through. Um, and it, it the whole time just kind of building tension in a uh, pr- – spoilers, by the way. Um, building tension in a prison cell. You're, like, in a post-apocalyptic, like, underground prison and there's the mayor, uh, and he's yelling at a bunch of people and promising, you know, he's yelling out that he's going to get all the get the jailers and get out of here and they can't have him in there, you know, all that stuff. Um, and a lot of it's told through, like, comic panels. So I, this was definitely an episode where they were cutting down on stuff, clearly. Either, I don't know if it's budget or time or both, but it was definitely one that they were cutting down stuff on. Um... But zombies have like taken, or they've, like, you know, the dead have risen and been taken over this like small town and are attacking it. And so this guy, this mayor, had come up and it's kind of confusing, but somehow he took over and I guess started oppressing people, but it doesn't explain a whole lot. And mm-hmm. then, rev- then a re- like revolution happens and to, to overthrow the mayor. And so they take like the mayor and the priest and the news, like the report and the like TV reporter and like some other like gossip spreaders and David Arquette's the sheriff. And they take like all these people and are going to get rid of them because they were the bad guys who took over power and oppressed people somehow. It's very much just like uh, it seems very politically motivated. Uh, the episode. It seems to say very blatantly about stuff like that but anyway um (laughs) i'm just excited because i was gonna ask this jokingly when you first brought it up well if david arquette isn't the main character does he at least play the sheriff or the deputy again of course he does of course that's great that david arquette (laughs) has been typecast as law enforcement in your horror movie i'm getting to that too like my other part of david arquette news in okay anyway but we're we're I, I digress. So does he play it? How did is he, he still a little goofy? Like, oh, is there yes. some Dewey here? <laughs> no, no, it's not. No, but he's not very quite, much but like over the top. It, like he's not playing it totally straight. No, he's not playing over the top do, like that. He's playing over the top, like a- angry. Like it's a Ooh. different, it's a different over the top. Okay. Uh, so Interesting. It's a, you know, it's a little, it's a little different, but it's still very enjoyable. Um, and anyway, so they're all being executed, but you really don't know what's going on. And so they take them, 
everyone's terrified and crying and stuff, and they, they sit him in these chairs that are arranged like a pyramid, kind of. Like, like Okay. Well, not like on top of each other, but like on the like ground. Like in a triangle? Yeah, yeah, like in a triangle, <laughs> yeah. What are you laughing at? I just think, you know, dimensions, two, I don't three, which is it? Harris. Okay, I, all right. I didn't do uh, yep. math and science in college. All right, very, all right, all right. Very, very nothing but a little bit. Anyway, um, doesn't matter. They're in a triangle, and they all get like raised up into this arena. Like they're at the local high school football field, but it's only their heads coming out of holes in the ground, and so Yikes. they look like cue balls. Oh, not no. not like cue balls, like like pool balls when you set them up at the beginning. Yep, that's what they look like. Yep, great. And so the whole time you're just you did you don't know what's going on, but apparently this is what the mayor was doing to other people when he was oppressing the town. Mm. And so now he's in the spot, and what happens is they then open up these gates, and these zombies start crawling to them. Ah! And they slowly, one by one, eat the faces off of everyone. So that's that's what it builds up to, and then you got you get a little bit of gore in there, but even not a ton, but a little bit in there, and so you do get to see David Arquette's face being eaten off by a crawling zombie. So I guess it pays okay. off in well, the end. Pays right. off in the end, but uh, trigger it, it, warning for all you David Arquette fans out. There. Yeah, yeah, a little little disappointing seeing that, but you know, it was I don't know. I thought it was interesting. I thought the it was an interesting swing. At kind of building up tension and stuff like that, so I thought and some of it I thought was done well. So apparently the show's been great. I didn't watch anything else because I it, it didn't have David Arquette in it, but apparently the show's good. So if you're into horror, creepy stuff, then maybe give it a shot. Um, so that's the one David Arquette news. The other one is a new tra- a trailer for a new David Arquette movie was released yesterday, and it's for a movie called Mob Town. Like a small independent movie. I think Saban Entertainment is uh, producing it. This was shot, I think, a couple of years ago, or at least a year ago. Because I remember when he was shooting this, because he was posting updates. Because it was dirt, like right when he was starting wrestling. Yeah. Uh, around that time, so a year, year and a half ago. So I remember him posting stuff about shooting this up in upstate New York. And it's uh, it's a mob movie where the mob, there's organized crime. In 1957, in upstate New York, in this like small town, and it becomes kind of a, it's based on a true story, I think. And David Arquette, guess what he plays? Does he play the sheriff? He plays the sheriff, or the police chief, yes. or whatever it is. I'm not yes. exactly sure what the title is, but yes, yes. Uh, For all intents purposes, boy, he's gonna get killed horribly. Yes. Thirty minutes in, isn't he? Probably, but uh, so that's what he plays, and he's kind of trying to fight against the mob. And I don't know. It's, uh, I think it comes out December thirteenth, I believe, on on, okay. uh, on demand. So we'll have to we'll have to give that a shot when it comes out. And um, that's really it. I mean, the trailer looked fine. It doesn't look <laughs> like it's. It looks like a direct to video movie, but David Arquette's in it, so therefore, it's a must watch. Well, that is a that's a heck of a segue. <laughs> if if you're done with uh, David Arquette <laughs> news, we can go ahead and get right uh, into it. Uh, the other, the only other thing is, if you haven't sh- seen it on uh, the Twitter or Instagram page, I posted some clips of Hulk Hogan's Rock and Wrestling TV cartoon from 1985, 
where David Arquette's father, Louis Arquette, was the voice of Jimmy Superfly Snuka. So I posted some highlights of of that, and it includes Jimmy uh, Superfly fighting Doe. So if fighting that, who? No, Doe. Like like you know how you make bread. Oh, and fighting Doe. It's literally fighting, putting on a wrestling match against Doe. And Great. Hint, hint. The Doe wins. That's all I'm going to say. So okay, well. I'm, go, I'm interested. Go check that. Go check that out on the Twitter page at behind underscore gorilla and the Instagram page, which is also behind. I, th- I think it's behind underscore gorilla or it's just behind gorilla. I'm not sure. Um, but go check that out. Cause that's pretty funny. Another David Arquette thing. Uh, so, yeah, that's all I got with the David Arquette news. So now we're almost an hour into this uh, episode. I'm telling you, man, I don't know how anyone listens to this. It's just us rambling about nothing for way, way too long when we don't have topics. But At the end of the day, that's almost every podcast. Yeah, that's why I don't like it. <laughs> we were doing <laughs> well, okay. so well, doing different stuff, and now we've, kinda, we've really digressed well, and gotten really, we really can... lazy in the yeah. way we've done the show. Well, we and, can tighten it back up in the future. Like I yeah. said, I think putting a literal timer on current events will help us a lot. I agree. But also, I don't know. It's just kind of easier. There's been so much happening in wrestling. I feel like it's been hard to do that. that but, yeah, we've been in this big transition time. So right. that, that's very true. So I think I think we can get a little bit of a pass for, for that. Um, okay. But, all right. So now we got to get into what we're going to talk about for the rest of the show. The other, I don't know, 10 or 20 minutes that we'll talk about. CM Punk was in a movie, Harris. Blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial. So how's the house coming along? It's been hard. Cooper! Certain places have personalities, and sometimes they're rotten. Hey, how's the little kicker doing? It takes a real strong hand to turn them around again. has a history of bringing out the worst in people. Certainly creepy. What the hell is that? Promise me you won't say a word to Liz about last night. You need to get out of here. What was that? What? I hate what you've done with the place. I'm worried. You know when a woman doesn't like to be futzed with too much? I don't want to see you here ever again. Houses aren't that different, I guess. You want my advice? Get your husband and your baby far away from that house. Boy, and, was he. And I'm just going to say I'm really kind of annoyed that you picked this because I had to buy this movie. Yeah, I know. 
and I was very disappointed in that. <laughs> I really didn't want to buy this movie, but yes, new sorry. rentals are now seven dollars for I don't know how long, and that yeah. really pisses. I I hate that. That's so stupid. And I couldn't find it uploaded anywhere to stream because it just came out. Either right, and well, also I feel like if you're watching this movie. You, like 99% of the people watching this movie have got to be doing it because they're like, oh, I love CM Punk. Let's right. see him in a movie. Yeah. I don't know who watches like straight to DVD horror movies the day they're released, much less watches right. them and then uploads them to the Internet. Right. Like it was it, realistically. Yeah, maybe it would have been better to wait at least a few weeks, <laughs> but it wouldn't have been topical then. And no, it wouldn't no, have been you're Halloween right. then. You're so, right. You're right. So, no, I understand. Know. But I was also annoyed the whole time. So, so, so given that you had to pay seven whole dollars, no, I which paid. I I, no, I had. I had to pay thirteen dollars. Whoa! Yep. What'd you buy it on? Pretty sure it's like seven on Amazon. Is it not? No, it was seven dollars to rent, and it oh, was but you uh, bought it. thirteen dollars to buy. And I was like, I'm not paying seven dollars to rent a movie. I'll pay five more dollars to buy it okay. rather than pay seven dollars to rent it. So without getting too into the nitty gritty of it, would you say that this is something that was worth your $13 and you will watch again? No. <laughs> okay. There it is. All right. All right. Thanks for listening, everyone, to our episode of Behind Gorilla. Appreciate your our uh, review of Girl <laughs> on the Third Floor. And we'll talk to you next week. <laughs> By the way, that's the first time I've actually said the name of the movie. It's called Girl on the Third Floor. That's true. If you di- If you didn't know... Yeah. If you don't follow him on every form of social media and love him and have been looking forward to seeing this for a while, I guess there's no way you would know that. Yeah. Uh, girl on the third floor. Um, so let's see. Hang on. Let's 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 get back into it for a second, because I I'll, I'll take the reins on this a little bit. Because sure. Go for it. This I is actually, all your fault. So you can do it. I enjoyed it and I, I get it. I really do. Once we finished it or really as we started to get into it, I was like. I can see Mark not liking this movie. I'm going to be honest with you. Um, it's because it's look, it's a haunted house picture. Yes. Written and directed by a guy who's never written or directed a film before, and that starring a guy who's never cl- starred in a movie before. <laughs> and all of this clearly obvious. Pretty clear. So let me find. I, I'm just I'm I'm poking around the interwebs here, preparing as much material as I can for this episode. Now. Pretty, hang on, pretty positive return on Rotten Tomatoes. It's literally, it's sitting at a 78%, and that's the critics' ratings. Like, that's not yeah. the audience, not enough people have reviewed it to give it an audience score yet. Right. Again, bearing in mind that I, I did enjoy this movie, and I'm not mad that I watched it, kind of shocked it's as high as 78%. I was, uh, see, it makes a lot more sense on IMDb, where it's sitting at 53 yeah, that seems about right. And on Letterboxd, it's sitting at a 2.9 out of 5. Okay. Oh, oh, okay. I thought that was out of 10. No, out of 5. No, that seems about right. Because here's yeah. the thing. This is a re- You can tell that this guy is a big horror movie fan who's been involved in a lot of horror movies. I mean, Travis Stevens. This is the director. He's been a producer for a long time. Mm-hmm. This is his first foray into writing and directing. And that's kind of why, you know... It's a small-scale movie. That's why it's released directly to video. And that's why he got somebody as inexperienced as CM Punk to be in it. Like, it kind of – it lined up perfectly. Cause yeah. I love CM Punk. He's not going to get cast in, 
like Paranormal Activity 7, I don't think. You know what I mean? Like he's it, it needs to be a grassroots thing like this for him to get a shot at sort of, you uh, know, yeah, of course, of any course. role worth seeing, which is understandable. Um, Let me just say this. This is not yeah. any worse than any WWE film. Oh, no. Goodness, no. It's better than that. So well, just, me... you know, that that definitely need, needed to be said. Oh, for sure. For sure. So here's the thing. Like, there are a lot of things in this movie that I think do work. It is a haunted house movie. Spoiler yes, alert. Uh, the girl on the third floor is a ghost. That's why it's called that. Yep. And there's actually more than one anymore. ghost as well. Yeah. Yeah. So anything that's like. Oh, yeah. Spoiler the... alerts for the whole yeah, thing. I mean, yeah. you know, either I like I saw it with the only two people who I know listen to this podcast. So if you're listening to this episode about the movie we just watched again, hi, Jake and Georgie. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I can't imagine anybody listening to this and either hasn't already seen it or doesn't care enough. So everything that has to do with the house itself, with like spooky things happening with, you know, foreshadowing or jump scares, like the practical effects, all of that is very good good to very good i would say sure it's um anytime they have two characters have a conversation oh boy kind of goes off the rails oh boy Um, is that would you say that's fair that's very fair okay han let me pull this up here because i okay again for any of you that don't know the best movie website or app that there is is called letterboxd and it's incredible um I absolutely love this app. I keep track of all my movies on it, and uh, it's just it's easy way to rate movies, keep track of movies, see what other people think about movies. It's like it's almost like kind of a social media film thing a little bit. Um, but I, I love being able to keep up with stuff on it. So let me just here. Uh, this is my review of um, Girl on the Third Floor. Perfect. Um, so I it basically it comes down to this is a very um, it's a very bizarre film, I think I think that's an accurate description, um, and it's a very very slow burn, yeah, very slow burn with a quick just jerk off the cliff like right at the end, um, as far as the the difference in in what we're what you're watching on screen, totally goes in a completely opposite direction at the end, which, which is fine. I mean, that's the way that's a slow, you know, that that's the way you want to build stuff up a lot of times. Um, it's a weird story. Uh, the ending is very strange. I heard a lot of people hated the ending on a lot of reviews that I saw. Hmm. A lot of people didn't like, cause it's, it, it doesn't feel like the movie. So I, I, I get that. I get yeah. how people will think that. Cause it almost seems like a totally different movie. Um, the ending, uh, which we'll get into in a little bit. Uh, I didn't hate the ending as much as some other people did, I guess. It just... The, ultimately, the script's not good. The script's yes. not good, and the dialogue is horrible. No one sounds... That is correct. No one sounds like a real person. Not even a little whatsoever. bit. Whatsoever. Um, yep. The acting is pretty terrible for most of the time. Uh, there's some... Okay, there's hang some... on, hang on. Let me interrupt you really quick. Yeah, I pose this question to my two friends who I watched this movie with. Mm-hmm. Do you think they cast the supporting actors in order to make CM Punk look like a better actor? No. Uh, well, no? maybe some I... of them, but no. Like the best, the best actor by far was uh, his wife. 
Oh, I was going to say the girl, but maybe no, that's because no, her the, job was to be kind of creepy. The, Let's, the, we'll, we'll I, get to that. The wife, to me, was the best the best actor in the movie. Uh, the girl was was fine. Um, I but I thought his wife was actually pretty good. Um, I think you're, I I agree. I agree. I I enjoyed I enjoyed her. Um, CM Punk, you know, first starring role, he's fine. It's it's unfair to say he's like the worst thing ever. Um, he I thought he does he does a pretty good job with the physical stuff. Yeah. Um, the physical acting. Um, some of that stuff. The some of the physical comedy. Not all of it's great, but but some of that's pretty good. And certain scenes are all right. Um, and then others are just really bad, especially like the first 10 minutes of the movie is really hard to get through. It it did. It started out rough and I think it got better, but were you, uh, yeah. you can they go ahead clearly, and... they clearly film this in order like you do with most movies, I think. And I don't mm. know for sure, but to me, they, it seems like they definitely filmed in order and the first scenes were the first scenes. And then mm-hmm. as it went on, part of it got a little bit better. Um, Anytime Punk had to do anything of note, it wasn't great. Um, so I think some of this has to do, and I'll let you get to your official review in a second if you have it written down. But my whole impression was that like everyone involved, but especially like this director slash writer and CM Punk, like they know how to deliver on the actual like horror and suspense elements. Like yeah. anytime it's CM Punk in the house, like cause the whole premise of this movie, again, if you haven't seen it, spoiler alert, but here you are, is that CM Punk is this kind of dirtbag guy who has bought this rundown house in the suburbs of Chicago and is fixing it up so he and his wife can start their new life together. She's right. pregnant. He's trying to turn over a new slate, the whole nine yards. And, you know, the house has a bad history to it, but there's an interesting – I think an interesting element to it where the bad history of the house, the things that have happened there kind of only take effect or only affect you as much as like the bad things that have happened in your own life or within your own head. Yeah, which if is – that makes which, sense. So, would, yeah, but it doesn't make any sense in the well, span no, no, of the no, movie but hang on, really. Just let me – there's an element to it where, you know, they say, oh, yeah, some people have lived in this house and been fine. But most of the people who live here, especially if it's a guy or a single guy, it doesn't go well for them. And in the end, you find out that's largely because this house used to be a brothel and a right. whole lot of really nasty stuff went down there related to, you know, what the rich man did to the girls working in the brothel. A girl got killed. There's a lot of other stuff going on there. Yeah. But – any any time so you know what you have is this like slow burn of like corruption slash insanity with CM Punk as this dirtbag guy working alone to fix up this creepy old haunted house that has a particularly strong effect on dirtbag guys. Right. There's a lot of interesting elements there. It kind of reminded me of The Shining, especially when uh, yeah. like there's a moment in the third act where it goes totally off the rails. <laughs> Where it really reminds me of The Shining. I mean that in a good way. Like, it just gets weird. Yeah, it it does. It's been kind of like lowercase weird, but it gets like capital letters weird. Right, well, that's right. Right in the third act. And there's a lot of, like, interesting elements there that I feel like they were drawing on and kind of work. Whenever it's CM Punk fixing the house and there's, like, a creepy special effect, or you see, like, this happened two or three times where the girl walks behind him in the background and you barely even see it. Mm -hmm. Sort of like something from Halloween or something, you know, like that where you – see a lot of the spooky stuff happen in the background and it generates suspense that way. Yeah. 
all of that is done pretty well, especially when, like I said, in the third act, it all goes off the rails. You mentioned this. The woman who plays his wife is probably the best actor in the movie. She definitely is. It's her job to play off of all this crazy stuff that's happening. Mm -hmm. And I think that's part of what really makes it work. Um, Yeah. Anytime that like especially you mentioned the first 10 minutes where it's, you know, uh, exposition. It's like, hey. Let's find out who this guy is. But they, but at the same time, they, it's like exposition with no information. Oh, right. Well, exactly. Like they're trying. It's here's the thing. I'll just I'll quit beating around the bush. It's bad. Like it's objectively <laughs> bad. Anytime they're like, hey, CM Punk's character will have dialogue with the neighbor and it will show you something about CM Punk. But without us having to read his biography to you, it doesn't. But, but <laughs> you, you learn nothing. Like, no, it's just for clunky. most of the movie, which is fine in a way, because they don't just are, they don't just spill everything out at the beginning, which is fine. Mm-hmm. And I like mm-hmm. learning about a character yeah, as you sure. go on. But it's just there were so many scenes where it's like you were supposed to be learning about something, but after the scene, you're like, I didn't actually get any information there. Yeah. So like we found out, we better. found out he wasn't gay real, real, real fast. They did point that out. Um, and that's <laughs> really all we got that. out of that scene. Um, like, that was by far my favorite scene of the movie because that was the wor- – that is one of the worst dialogue scenes I've ever seen in my entire life. Can you remember any of the lines from this movie that stood out to you? Because I have a couple. We can just make this uh, not, a whole segment. Not, not really. Just I just remember the certain scenes and just watching them unfold, and it's mm-hmm. just like this uh, – this just Basically, this looks like – when I was in acting class at UGA yeah. and like, but there were many scenes better than these. Like in if any scene where it's CM Punk interacting with the creepy house or the ghost, like the girl or girls on the third floor. I thought that girl was pretty good. Cause she's yeah. allowed to be weird. Yeah. She like wasn't terrible. She wasn't terrible. She was fine. Yeah. So like any of those moments, really good the moments sure. where it goes off the rails at the end and his wife is alone in the house and like freaking out and trying to figure out what's going on pretty good fine any yeah. of the scenes where they have to speak to one another like normal human beings oh boy terrible yeah, yeah. and a lot of you can tell this is the first script he's ever written sure you sure. can kind of tell that cm punk doesn't have a lot of lead role experience it's it's clunky it's very hit or miss so there is a moment i'll see if i can remember some highlights here there's a moment where like after a long day of not getting a lot done around the house because he's not very good at renovating houses. <laughs> I got to talk about that coming up too. I think that is the point though. Like that is a part of the movie is like look at the hubris of this idiot trying to do all this stuff himself. But he goes to the local bar slash bowling alley that we all know, you know, and of course frequent in our neighborhood. And he stands at the end of an empty bowling alley and – a guy walks out from behind the bowling lane and says, that machine likes to eat balls. And there's about four yep. seconds of silence. Great line. Really weird. Oh, yeah. Um, that guy was the best moment. guy in the whole movie. <laughs> he mentions that he's moved into the spooky new house across the corner or whatever. And the guy says something along the lines of, oh, well, are you gay then? Yep. <laughs> yep. Except he doesn't say it like that. He says, it like, you queer? Something yep. weird like that. I don't remember exactly pretty bad uh let's see what else what else happens there was another really good one. Oh yes on a video chat with his wife who as we pointed out probably the best 
actor like, in the she film. She actually made those video calls decent. And then every time he spoke, it's like, uh, oh, no, this is bad. And then she that. would speak, and it's like, okay, it's okay. The part of that is because he's tasked with saying lines like, hey, how about you pan down the camera a little bit so I can see those sweet boobs? Yes, yes. Now, again, I, I put that in my <laughs> – I put that in my not, – not that part, but I, I put you, – you made a good point that I did put in my review. Like a lot of the acting can be attributed to how bad the script is. That there, mm-hmm. there, It goes hand in hand, and, and I, I don't want to blame everything on the actors even though they're they're not good. Yeah. Part of it is definitely, you know, it's like it's like Hayden Christensen in Attack of the Clones. Is he great? No, but he's not nearly as bad as the script made him seem like he was, in mm, my that's opinion. That's fair. So anyway. That's fair. That no, was, that's I'm glad you mentioned that. I'm glad you mentioned that. Um, now, some other things that were pretty pretty decent with the movie. I like the practical effects. It seemed yeah. like just about everything was practical effects. I mean, and, it would have to be for as cheap as this movie was. And I liked that. I thought that was those were pretty well done. Um, everything was very gooey. Um, th- that's, that's that's probably the most apt description of this movie is gooey. It is gooey. It is yeah. very gooey. Um, and I thought I saw a lot of people complaining about the like the camera work and stuff. How all you can do is zoom, and it, which is is true. But I don't know. I I thought it was fine. Like I thought the movie looked good. Like yeah, it, it looked crisp. I thought the production design, the way the house looked, and the way like the people interacted with the house. I thought all that was it was interesting. I thought it was fun to look at. Like it was interesting to look at. The movie was like for your eyes was interesting to watch. And so I thought that was done well. Um, you know, it was crisp looking. So, you know, all of that I thought was 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 good. I thought it was fine. Mm-hmm. And that was probably the best part, the you know, one of the better yeah, parts sure. of the movie. I, I agree. Um, I don't know where else to go. After, so I was uh, just, yeah, we can, uh, we can kind of pivot towards the end here, and I just, I want to read some quotes here because there's some, like, I don't know if you, sometimes you love a movie and any review that dislikes it, you're like, wow, you're dumb, that's wrong. <laughs> Pretty much every review I've read for this movie, I'm like, yeah, I get it. Yeah, Whether you like yeah. it or not, like I, I do understand. Like I said, I enjoyed it. When you're like, didn't like it, probably won't watch it again. I get it. Okay, another thing, Harris. Did you know yeah. that he was an ex-lawyer? No, it's never. Oh, yeah, no, me no, neither. No, I didn't know that till just this second. I pulled up the there's Wikipedia moment, page, and it says ex-lawyer. And I was like, oh, that's what he did. Because they always hint at what he did or something, and apparently yeah. he did something wrong and, and defrauded. But you never know who what this guy was. Like, See, this is... Yeah, like my verdict on this movie basically is that you have to think of it as an experiment. Yeah. Where it's like the the two people that, you know, I think of are Travis Stevens, the director, and CM Punk, the actor. I don't know anything about anyone else in the movie, but two guys who love horror movies, have a lot of respect for horror movies, and wanted to tell one of their own without a lot of experience. And I think if you look at it that way, I think it works. I think, like I said, the horror set pieces are done really well. The suspense is done well. The effects are done well. You can tell that this guy's strength is not a writer in the same way that like CM Punk is not going to make this kind of sketchy role great in his first acting performance. I think there's a way you could have fixed the script to make it easier for a guy like CM Punk to play a more believable like well-rounded character just like most of the supporting actors are 
pretty one note and pretty flat. That's not really their fault. They're just written that way. Mm-hmm. But uh, where was I going with this? I had a point. Whatever you just brought up. Um, oh, yeah, what he does for a living. Like there's bits you can tell it's just confused. Like they're like, oh, yeah, this guy used to run the city, King Don, because his name is Don. Right. And I thought, oh, did he used to be like a mob boss? Because they allude also <laughs> to the fact that like – like for as much exposition as they throw at us in the first act, you're right. Like none of it sticks and we don't learn anything about this guy as right. a person. Like a cop shows up and you're like, oh, OK, he's clearly like on parole. And then he says, oh, yeah, he used to run this town, King Don. But, you know, the feds let you off easy. And yep. wow, that's the best you could write. But also I thought, wow, OK, so he must be like a crime boss. Yeah. Who was like witness protection or something. No, he's not. And then there's another line where they say, oh, yeah, this guy defrauded his clients out of hundreds of millions of dollars and got away with it. And I thought, oh, so is he like an investment banker? Because he doesn't really look like one. He's got right. a lot of tattoos, and it's very yeah. obvious. It is very weird. Another thing I want to point on how weird CM Punk looks in this movie, it's so it's off-putting. He's shaved. he's shaved, and he has like a real haircut, and it looks so weird. It's very weird. It is so it doesn't, strange. It doesn't work as a – they're like, oh, he was a white-collar <laughs> criminal before this. He doesn't uh, look like one. He's no, got the he Pepsi doesn't. logo tattooed on his arm. I know. Like, I know. One lawyer I'm not going to lie. The whole character body. was kind of hard because another reason is I, I'm just like, this is CM Punk. And, and yes. CM Punk's one of those few characters that you just know so much about. Yes. That it's like I don't – I could never like shed that. And think, oh, this is a character. It's like he opens a beer, and I was like, I right. And you're like, nope, no, just <laughs> no. <laughs> like there are a lot of moments like that, but I think part of this is you know we talk about his performance and the clunky dialogue whenever he has to have a conversation with people. But some of that, like if it had been anyone else, it wouldn't have seemed as weird because we know what CM Punk is like when he's just talking. Right. You know what I mean? So it came across as unnatural because we know how he actually talks Mm -hmm. and it wasn't like that. You know what I mean? Like part of it was how well known he is working against him. But I I feel like the director was trying to just tell his own story and cast CM Punk in a movie. In my opinion, it would have been a better movie if he had started with CM Punk and said, okay, let's write this character so that, you know, okay, he's a jerk, but maybe he's a jerk and let his wife down a lot because like, you know, he was a robber or went mm-hmm. to prison for something because he looks like a dirtbag. And that's not yeah. a knock on CM Punk. That is just to say, when you see CM Punk, he doesn't look like he's ever really thought about being a lawyer. <laughs> There's just a lot of <laughs> right. weird choices like that in this movie that are just kind of strike you as off, even if you can't quite put your finger on it. But like I said, I think the stuff that works really works. I think thematically they have an interesting thing going. Mm-hmm. I like the way – like I said, it reminds me a lot of The Shining and the way it builds and builds and builds in one man's like madness to this sort of insane finish. Can we talk about the ending for a second and then uh, I'll read some reviews? Sure, here. sure. Um, but just this whole – the other thing that bugs me in this movie is just it's, it, it, it's – Pulling no punches, almost like what we were talking about Creep Show. This is pulling no punches as to how political this movie is. Well, like it is yes. a straight up political piece and is kind of, eh. I mean, it's political in the sense that the entire thesis of the movie is like, hey, men are kind of jerks sometimes, right? right? His name is also focus- Don. 
Is that a short for oh. Donald? <laughs> I didn't even think about that. <laughs> that seems very obvious. Oh, that's dumb. Listen, um, it's as you know the whole house it, is frankly. literally like oozing stuff. Yeah, it looks like semen. I'm gonna yeah. be honest with you, it looks a whole yeah, lot like it's, semen. It's it's very on the nose. There was a bit halfway through the movie where I realized that the house used to be a brothel. Because up until that point, I was like, oh, goo's coming out of the outlets. That's right. kind of gross. And then they were like, yeah, it used to be a brothel. And I was like, that's ghost semen, isn't it? Yeah. Great. I'll be honest with you. I think this is as political as you make it because I think, like I said, the movie that it reminds me the most of is The Shining. It's not mm-hmm. as good as The Shining. Don't get no. me wrong. That movie's no. a masterpiece. Yes, but it thematically, is. it's a lot of this. It's, it's like what they do with Jack Nicholson's character. Here's a guy. He's clearly kind of a jerk. He's trying to do the right thing. But you kind of know it's just going to be about him going crazy and doing something bad. And then it is. If you want to make that political – and that's kind of my problem with a lot of the reviews, which I'll get to. Like I agree with like it or dislike it, but a lot of them are like, yeah, these themes are really relevant. Like, well, they're always relevant. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like I think people are overthinking it a little bit. I just think that's a stupid way to judge any movie. I agree. But like I said, I think the themes it's working with are kind of universal and timeless. Sure. The things that work, work well. Look, if you've made it this far and haven't seen it, if you like CM Punk or have any interest in horror movies, I genuinely think you should check it out. If sure. not, stick around. We'll spoil it. That's fine, too. Well, we've already spoiled most of it. Um, well, Sorry, give your final thoughts, and then we can, if you want to just I, get I into it. I don't know. I, I don't have any more, really, okay. final thoughts. It's just, it is what it is. And uh, Okay, oh, yeah, that was one thing I wanted to mention. One thing I did like. I thought they did a pretty good job. I liked the marble. I like the, the marble was a good thing. I thought those were done well. It was a little yeah. overdone, but I I, I, I kind of liked. I thought it was a nice. You need something that builds tension and suspense mm-hmm. easily, and mm-hmm. and and I thought that and, and something that you that can be a thread throughout the whole movie. And I thought that worked really well for that. And I I liked that. I thought that was a good that was a good bit, and I thought it was done well. So I wanted yeah, to mention I that. Agree. I liked the marble thing. Um, cool. So basically, the movie, uh, let's see, the movie ends where, you know, like the CM Punk encounters a girl in his house, doinks her immediately, because, you know, why wouldn't you? What, also, what that's not a happen? red flag. We learned that yeah, in no, our last episode. We learned all about that. <laughs> right. The rules. Right. You didn't know the, the rules. rules. So and then he's just he's completely weirded out that this crazy woman who he slept with immediately won't leave him alone and keep showing up back in the house. Right. And he has to sit down and explain to her, hey, I don't want to do this. I just wanted to hit that once. But things, you know, kind of start to escalate. And uh, spoiler alert, it's a ghost. And at one point she lures his dog away, kills his dog, stuffs it in the dryer. Okay, I got to talk about that, too. I'm glad you're mentioning all these because they're coming back to me. He doesn't seem very broken up about the dog. No, he didn't really. Like he was he was (laughs) gets over that real fast. He was shocked to see the dog in the dryer, which who wouldn't be? But then he was just kind of like, yeah, that was annoying. You should arrest her. And the cops like, we should arrest that blonde woman who you don't know the name of. Right. Yeah. All right, buddy. Right. Sounds good. And then he gets really mad about that. <laughs> yeah. But you're right. Yeah. He's not emotionally cut up about anything at all. Which then, I don't you know, know if that's done on purpose or just the lack of acting. I really can't tell. I think it's the lack of like 
that it was scripted to happen. Yeah, I think so. I don't too. know. Like they did a decent enough job because he's angry about it. So you at least, you know, yeah. it registers that he's mad. But a little bit. You're right. He's never really uh, he's never really cut up about it afterwards. But um, I don't know. Then, uh, you know, he has a friend come over to help him renovate the house, because as we mentioned, Don, not good at fixing houses, which no. I think is the point like that. He's just a guy who used to be a lawyer and he's like, no, I can figure this out by watching YouTube tutorials. Like that's pretty. Yeah. But I, I didn't want to mention like that because the moment when his buddy comes over who, again, we, we don't know anything about ever. Um, when he comes over and he's like, all right, we got to fix this whole roof or this whole ceiling. Mm-hmm. And he's like, get your tools. And he's like, they're over there. It's like, <laughs> and it's one bag of like something. I was like, that's what I have like in my closet. And he's yeah. like, that's as we're all he literally said just exactly what we're all thinking he's like that's that's all you have he's like yeah that's all you need right i'm like okay look i understand there's a level of ignorance or something and there's also a level of like okay you didn't set this character up as this stupid before Mm. so it was just like oh this is terrible this is so bad (laughs) that was very funny i did yeah it, it was funny and then of course this character I think his name was Milo. Shows up to yeah, help around the house. That's what I'm talking about. That and guy. he's immediately killed. Yeah, immediately. Of course, like, why would any other supporting character be in this movie? Like, they have a fight, and then CM Punk says, "Hey, I know I just told you that I cheated on my wife with some random woman who I found in this spooky house, but you better not tell her, and you better not be mad about it when I get back. And if you're still mad, then just leave." And then CM Punk storms out. And then when he comes back later and his friend is mysteriously missing, he just goes, well, I guess he left then. He didn't leave. He got beat to death in the basement by a ghost hammer. Yeah, the first scene of any sort of violence we see in the whole movie. Pretty gnarly special effect, too. Takes a hammer right to the face. His face is falling off. Yeah, that's pretty cool. It's pretty grody. To be honest, I was a little surprised with how little gore there was in this movie. Like, I just, yeah. it, it being a direct-to-DVD, CM Punk, I just expected there to be a lot more yeah. of that, and then there wasn't, and I, that's not a good or bad thing. I just, it surprised me. Yeah, I mean, I think part of that might have been the budget, but part of it, too, is, like, they there was some nasty stuff that happened, but they did a very good job of, you know, they make it more effective by not doing it all the time, basically. Sure, yeah, yeah, of like course. Like, you mentioned, okay, the, mar- like the, the three I can think of are the hammer to the face. Right. The girl, the second girl, who I'm a little fuzzy on what her connection was to everything, but the creepy, like, disfigured I, body girl. I assume she was the daughter of one of the prostitutes that was just living there. Right. and Because that's the one who gets killed that they never find the body of because she's buried right. in the house. And then, right. eh, whatever. So Doesn't really you know, matter. She's the one with the marbles, though. Correct. Like, she was a little girl when she was alive, would play with marbles while the men would do all sorts of horrible stuff in the brothel. So right. the marbles roll around throughout the movie, and it's kind of, you know, this ghostly presence that works really well. And people eventually. Well, this is the last bit. The marble gets literally underneath CM Punk's skin, and the marbles start rolling around in his body. Yeah. And it's really gross. It is pretty gross, great. yeah. And he's, cut, he's trying to cut them out, and he's basically just yeah. slicing his body up. Yeah. So then, again, you know, as the, the climax of the movie, as it's all going nuts, you know, it's like The Shining. His wife is in the house now, and it's like she's gone back in time to when the brothel was in its heyday. And there's all these men, you know, 
watching from the rafters on the third floor as these two, you know, hook up in what was supposed to be CM Punk in his wife's bedroom. And it's very weird and out there and creepy and spooky. And then she no, finds wait, wait, that is not yeah. supposed to be CM Punk. No, no, no. It's not supposed to be him. Oh. I'm just saying that would have been their bedroom. Oh, it's like oh a, yeah, 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 yeah. So it's and then she discovers that's very that's, okay. I will say that is very creepy and very strange. And I I get very creeped out by like Victorian era, yeah, rich things. And it's it's not just that. It's the music that harpsichord yeah. music that plays creeps me out, dude, so much. It was done so well. That like, was do you thing. remember like the... the Taco Bell commercial? Not too long no. ago. No, I don't remember what it was, but it was something. The, the, their whole tagline was feasting, so it was like this big, like eighteen hundreds mansion mm. feasting, and the whole music is that harpsichord music, and that creeps me out. Like even the Taco Bell commercial creeped me out. That's weird That's music. Funny. It's creepy, and this scene is very weird and very bizarre. And it, they even mentioned that they got it was way more successful doing the the the. Uh, sex shows with an element of grotesqueness to them for some reason i guess that's a thing i i yeah. don't know anything about it but i guess that i guess that's a thing um yeah that was yeah yeah that but was very like it was weird right yes like, it, it was, was done yes, well. yes it was and um, the insanity of this movie is reaching a fever pitch this woman runs back downstairs finds her husband very clearly like he's been infested with all these ghost marbles and he's cut all of them out of his own face right so you see cm punk and his face is like bloody and in holes like it's not quite a zombie but it's clear like he should be dead he's mutilated yes he's absolutely mutilated again great use of practical effects also i find this very funny the reason he had to be clean shaven the whole movie is so when they did these effects it would work because they couldn't do it on his beard to make his face look all cut up and right. mutilated. That's kind of funny. She finds him like that, and then he takes his face off to reveal that he's actually the girl. The right. Ghost girl, who's been haunting the house this whole time. Which that Great was disappointing re- to me, too. Dude, because I we thought never... it was a cool reveal. No, I thought that it was, was a cool, fine, just like, but I over hate, the top. Moment. I hate the fact that the whole last part of the movie, <laughs> Punk's just gone, and we have no idea. He, it just He's just gone. So clearly she killed him or whatever, but he's just like he because he tries. You forgot to mention he kills the girl. Oh, yeah, I did forget about and that. And then tries to bury her body, comes back down. And of course, it's and gone. She's gone. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you just like see her at the steps and she's mm-hmm. like, you want to help or something. And then that's it. We never see him again. He's gone. And that's it. And I was very disappointed. Yeah, I mean, but clearly, you know, he's clearly killed off. And, like, anyone who's killed in this house becomes a part of the house. Right, it's freaking America. It's the first season of American Horror Story. I never saw that, but maybe I would like this movie less. Way worse. Okay. Now, nothing else is like that, but but that aspect, I mean, okay, look, I do not like American Horror Story. I could not get through the second season. But the first season Mm. is very disturbing, one of the most disturbing things I've ever watched. Okay. But it was done pretty well, called Murder House, and it's that type of premise that kind of thing okay Um, so they kind of do a little bit of that but yeah well so like that's the whole kind of underlying thing is that like you know his friend is killed then later you see his friend like blinking from out of a door at his wife and it freaks her out it's like part of that crescendo and then like i mean it really is it's like the high point of the roller coaster where his wife is the most freaked out 
CM Punk peels his face off and the girl haunting the house, Sarah, is underneath it. And it's this great yeah. like because up until that moment, you kind of thought, oh, he's alive and just really messed up and probably like psychologically scarred. And then the reveal is like, no, he's dead. She killed him earlier. He's become a part of the evil haunting the house. And ooh, is like it's just it's this peak insanity moment. Again, it sort of made me think of The Shining. Not as good. Yeah. But, you know, the whole last act of The Shining is just bananas. And it's just his wife and kid running for their life. And it's like that peak moment. Right. And then she leaves. Um, and meets this woman who works at a church across the street and has been like visiting periodically. Well, she's the pastor. We forgot to mention she's been just throughout the yeah. movie a character Terrible for character, no reason. Terribly written, terribly acted. And she goes to visit this woman and goes to like therapy and she's just like, so I'm going to paraphrase here, Mark, and just let me get it all out and then tell me if you think I've captured the essence of their conversation. So CM Punk's wife turns to the pastor and says, hey. Did you know my house was super haunted that I was moving into, that my husband was living in? Did you know that? And she was like, yeah, I totally knew that. And she was like, but you couldn't tell us that. You didn't You didn't think that was important to know? And she's like, well, I don't – you know, it's really none of my business. I mean <laughs> the ghosts that live in that house can't help who lives at my house, you know? And CM Punk's life is like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. Okay, I'm satisfied with that answer. Yeah, and then she literally is like – she mentioned something where like, oh, yeah, a bunch of stuff has happened and all – and then that's just the end of the scene. No, yep. the next question is, what has happened in this house? What else has happened in this house? <laughs> and then, you know, his pastor's like, But no, like, hey. that doesn't happen. It just cuts and she just walks back to the house. Right. So the pastor's like, hey, your husband was kind of a dirtbag, wasn't he? And she's like, yeah. So then the movie ends with them finding someone's body in the house. I think it was like the dead girl that was originally right. killed, maybe. Yes, it was. And burying it and laying it to rest so theoretically like curing the house of its evil which by right. the way if that's all it took then literally any one of the neighbors could have done it at any time because they clearly know that's how you fix it because that's how the woman i guess told cm punk's wife to fix the house she could have told him that like at the very beginning well, of the i don't movie. know hey, CM I don't, punk. hey i don't know if she ever <laughs> told her that i think she just figured that oh, out oh did she just own. figure it out well, she's so. figured it out then. I apologize. But now, now the body. <laughs> if that's not the case, it's even dumber. So I oh, was yeah. trying to go for the maybe less dumb version. Mm, no. See, this is the thing. Like, this movie would have been – I'm just saying the movie didn't need this character, this pastor, no. to be living across the street periodically visiting because her entire existence just raises the question, why didn't she tell anybody about this sooner? Right. It's terrible. All that being said, CM Punk's wife buries the dead – brothel girl presumably cures the house of its ghosts and then just starts living there just starts living in the creepy not it's not renovated by the way it hasn't been finished no he hardly got anything done he made but now she's just like yeah it's fine and it's been several months and nothing creepy has happened and now my baby baby yeah she has a baby keeps living in the house living there keeps living in the house and then the last shot of the movie is like, you know, the baby lying in the crib and the camera pans up to the vent. And then we see CM Punk's eyes. Well, no, no, out no, no. The, the marbles start coming down. Oh, right. I forgot about the marbles. I'm sorry. And then we see CM Punk's eyes sticking out of the vent and he says, that's my girl. And then the movie ends and we're like, wait, <sighs> honestly, like I thought she cured the house. But right. if she did it, she's stupid and deserves whatever happens next. For not leaving the house. Who you don't have in any their life right insurance? Mind Your husband just died. You can afford to live anywhere else. In that Go house. Go buy a condo. 
Who? Who stays? Who? That was very funny. She doesn't... Like uh, I said... It made no sense. I enjoyed all the spooky stuff leading up to that point. I think it was done well. The writing in this film is very questionable, and that was the worst example of it. Is that character at the end and that choice? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. (coughs) All right. So, uh, in short... Not a great movie, but some some good aspects, some effects and stuff like that, or some pretty pretty good. Um, punk fan, probably probably would enjoy it enough because there's a lot of punk in it. Yeah. And uh, just you know reg you know B level horror movie fan like Chris Jericho or something, probably enjoy it as well. Um, anyone else? Probably won't. So mm. you know, I'll give you the two. Well, like I said, again, people have latched on to some themes here it's got a shockingly good rating on rotten tomatoes and a yeah. slightly above average rating everywhere else yeah that is surprising. the two that i think really capture it the negative review says as the movie stands all the gooey stuff is great sure. but there's not much else to it and what yeah. there is can be seen elsewhere and done better yeah i think that's fair i would agree the with positive that. review that i think also equally captures it uh, Travis Stevens throws a lot of ideas at the wall, and while not all of them stick, the cumulative effect is dizzying and effective. That's the side that I kind of stick on, but there is an emphasis on the not everything sticks. That's, yeah. that's the best way I can put it. Now, if I know anything about this podcast, we're going to interview CM Punk one day, and he's just going to be ripping into me for making fun of his movie <laughs> the entire time. No, but see, I made fun of it more than you did. Yeah, I know. I'm just apprehensive. CM Punk, I love you. Do more movies. Maybe. Maybe don't. <laughs> maybe, maybe maybe come back just, to wrestling. Maybe just go back to wrestling and make us all much happier. <laughs> oh man. No, it's fine. He's fine. Well, you know, again, there's way worse people involved in stuff and acting and there's, stuff. So there's way more movies out. There's way worse movies out there. There, there, there <laughs> are worse movies out there for sure. It's definitely. resounding praise, isn't it? There Look, definitely there are worse, are worse movies. movies. Um, but yeah, that's that's really all I got to say about Girl on the Third Floor. It is what it is, and it 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 mostly knows what it is, and uh, so that's that's good. And again, it, it, watching these things, it always amazes me. Just it's just how difficult making a movie is. Like, yeah. it amazes me that any movies are made sometimes. Like, it's just crazy the amount of stuff that has to go into it. So I'm always impressed just by anyone making a movie. It still is impressive to me. Um, just, you know, just from writing the script to all that stuff, it's still it still is impressive. So props to Travis Stevens for being able to even, you know, even just make a coherent film put together because I, I have trouble doing it. It would be very difficult. I'm just trying to think of myself doing this, and I would be very happy if I was able to do anything even remotely like this. So. Oh yeah, for sure. So, I'll try and end it on something of positive. <laughs> All right, Harris. I think that does it for this episode. All right, man. Again, good stuff. An ultra long episode of nothing. So, thank you so much for bearing with us. We'll try and have. Now, next week is is a question. Because we're both out of town for that weekend, so we might try and get an episode recorded earlier in the week, but if we aren't able to, then we aren't able to, and, uh, you know, then we might just not have an episode out next week, 
So, you know, just keep an eye on the Twitter page, at behind underscore gorilla. Follow us there. We follow back wrestling fans. And, um, you know, we'll, we'll keep you guys updated on all that stuff. Also, follow us on Instagram. Um, hang on. I don't remember what our Instagram... I, I never can remember what our Instagram handle is. I'm pretty handles. sure I'm, it's I think just, it's just behind, behind gorilla. gorilla. With no underscore. I'm pretty sure... Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's just... Yeah. No, it is. It's behind underscore gorilla. Okay, good. It's the same as both, so... Yeah, follow us on uh, Instagram as well, at behind underscore gorilla. And uh, we're on Facebook as well at something. Just type in behind the gorilla wrestling podcast and you'll find it somewhere. Um, yeah, you can follow me on Twitter, at Mark Markbrand. And I'm at Harris Wilson. So do that as well. And so, uh, yeah, just keep an, keep an eye out for what we're going to do. Uh, if we don't get an episode, I might just re-release one of the... Uh, one of the old episodes. Maybe I'll just re-release one of those if we if we aren't able to get one in. So anyway, so, something will be around next week. Um, it might just not be a new one, just depending on our our schedule. So just heads up on that. All right. Well, that does it for this episode of Behind the Gorilla. Thanks so much for listening. I'm Mark, and I'm Harris. Have a great week. <laughs>